Can we make, can we, I, I, I'm, I'm very demonstrative, and so I'm going to, like, you know, get a lot of feedback from you guys. So if I say, say amen, just act like you're in church and just to do what? Amen. amen. All right. Uh, I pastored for 20 years as a senior pastor, and, um, and so it was very demonstrative, and we would like a lot of feedback. So that's how I teach as well, okay? Someone shout amen. amen. There it is. There it is. Can, we, can you do me a favor? Can you please honor the pastor of our department of this wonderful worship area, Todd and Brenda Marshall? Come on. Can we give it up to them? <clears throat> You know, you nev you, I never take it lightly when God put special people in your life. Uh, we've gone through some various transitions since moving here about five years ago. And ever so often, Todd will just check in and say, how's it going? And I'll be like, hey, you know, and it, it's always timely. That's what you reverence and love about God because God will put people in your path that will check in on you. That's what the hearts of pastors are. So I thank God for that. Uh, also, before I move forward, I like to go home to a beautiful house and my wife is here and I don't want to be in trouble without, uh, for, for, for not acknowledging her. Um, she, this is very special. She's going through um, chemotherapy now. This is her second bout with a cancer, a different type of cancer, breast cancer, a couple, about a year and a half ago. Now she's finishing wrapping up colon cancer. She had a treatment literally yesterday morning and she wanted to be here today to support. Can you all help me love on my wife, Tawana? Porter, just wave your hand. All right. And my mother-in-law is here as well. I got to acknowledge her because she does all the good cooking in our house. Amen. She keeps me fat and fine. All right. Wave your hand, Mama Jean. All right. So about five years ago, I came here to um, North Central University. Um, I had a dear friend, um, Scott Hagen, that was from Sacramento, that was a dear friend with me. He pastored in the area. Uh, I pastored in the area. We sat on various boards. And I came here to, to St. Paul, actually, uh, to, to visit some family, to do a wedding, actually. And while we were here, we went to go visit North Central. And when we went to go visit North Central, we began to walk around and see what was there. And I just loved the grounds. I loved the students. I loved everything. He said, but listen, you've got to come back for worship. You've got to come back for chapel. And I was like, okay, all right. So I moved some things around and we came back to for chapel. When we came back, um, we got there and um, Karen was going to, uh, Karen Hagen spoke and she spoke and she, she invited us to come up to share. And my wife, she began to minister in song. She sang a simple song, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. And I played the piano. I didn't say anything, Skylar. I just sat there and I played the piano. And the running joke is that she sang me into a job because after we got done, uh, the, the, the then dean, I call him the lifetime dean of Co College of Fine Arts, Larry Bach. Anybody know Larry Bach? He came up to me and he gave me his card and he said, hey, if you ever want to retire and come to the snowy tundra of Minnesota, let me know. And I laughed. <laughs> I laughed really loud. Because uh, um, I'm like, I'm in California. The weather is good. We don't see snow unless we want to see snow, right? And, um, and then um, I went home and I began to pray about it. And then Scott calls me two weeks later and he says, hey, I don't know what you did in that chapel because Scott wasn't even there. He said, but you pricked the hearts of our students. You pricked the hearts of Larry. And Larry doesn't come in and talk like this. 
He said, we need to bring you on this campus because we need to train worship leaders, our worshipers, to be ready for this next dispensation of worship that is getting ready to hit. If Larry Bach, if you know him, he was very prophetic in nature. He wouldn't get to come up to you and say, I'm going to prophesy, and here he goes. He would just say, here's what I see is coming. And one of the things he talked about was that this, there's a thing about diversity and worship that's going to be happening in our congregations that we need to be equipping the students for. And as I began to pray, I just said, Lord, if this is the season for me to kind of move from where I was to where I need to be, Lord, direct the steps. And he directed me here. It's been five years. This is my fifth year. Um, and it's been amazing. I love the culture of North Central. And, um, and I love Cedar Valley because I was able to serve here when I first moved here. My wife is um, here serving as well as volunteer. So I like to always, cut, I, don't, I don't know which button to push. To the right, to the right one? Okay. Uh, wrong one. He said the other right, right? Okay, there it goes. All right. So I like to always kind of dis- start with the discussion question. What do you think of when you hear the word diversity? I want all, uh, this is all bets are off. I want the good stuff, the bad stuff, the powerful stuff, the little things, nothing. There is no wrong answer. I'm just going to ask about three or four people from, from when you raise your hand. What do you think about when you hear the word diversity? Yes. Multiple choice. Multiple choice. Okay. I like that. Multiple choice. Yes, ma'am. Opportunity to learn. Good, 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 good. Anything else? Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Difference. Okay. Yes. Different genres of music. Very good. Yes. Heaven. Heaven. Dig into that a little bit more. Hey, man, if we say your kingdom come, your will be done. Yes. Uh huh. It's not going to be all segmented and stuff, man. It's every tribe, tongue, and nation. There it is. There it is. Right. It's, it's, it's all of these things. It's, it's multiple choice. It's, it's difference. It's diversity. It's, it's, it's heaven on earth, right? And when we think about worship, we have to understand the context. If we look in this room, we're, seeing, we're not seeing a monolithic look. We don't see one color. We don't see one race. We don't see one gender. We don't see one hairstyle. We see everything across the board in this room. And so that's one of the things that we have to think about when it comes to <clears throat> when it comes to um, diversity. Of course, I like to give a definition. It says the condition of having or being composed of differing elements, variety, especially the inclusion of different types of people, such as people of different races or cultures in a group or organization, programs intended to promote diversity in schools, an instance of being composed of differing elements or qualities, an instance of being diverse, diversity of opinion. If you have not noticed, the world that we live in is radically shifting and changing. I like to think of it like this. Well, I I don't like to think of it. I just see it this way. The enemy has no problem being diverse. So why does the church? Okay, okay. I told you, I'm a preacher at heart, so I'm, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going to kind of preach this lesson a little bit, okay? All right? I have, if you've noticed watching TV, Todd, I was watching TV this week, and I almost just had to turn it off because the first thing I saw, the first top of the week, it was, it was an older white male shoots a young 
black boy, two times in the hospital, ICU. Flip the page. Older white male shoots a young white woman to death for turning in the wrong driveway. Flip the page. Young black boy man shoots at a young white family because a basketball rolled into his yard. The enemy does not care about diversity. He's like, I will bring havoc on all cultures, all races, all genders. Why is it that we have a problem sometimes in the church embracing all cultures, all genders, all people? We don't want the enemy to be outdoing us in his in their freedom. The only way we can combat the enemy is if we come in as a church and say we are all in this together. Matter of fact, just look around at three people and say, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. So we gave, we gave you a definition. We gave you a definition from Webster. We, we supplied definitions from ourselves. But let's look at a few definitions. I'm not going to read all of this scripture, but we're going to look at a few things from the Bible. Uh, Revelation 7, verses 9 and 10, it says, After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and with palm branches in their hands, crying with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. I'm sorry, I have to apologize. When I read the word, I get a little excited. I get a little, I get a little excited. From every nation, every tribe. I don't want to wait to heaven before we can come together as every nation and every tribe to sing together, to have joy together, to be in the presence of the Lord together. The great thing I love about this room that we have every nation, every tribe represented in this room. And guess what? We all need each other. Matthew 29, 19, 20 uh, in the English Standard Version says this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all what? Nations. Nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until to the end of the age. All nations. All nations. Genesis 11, 1 through 11, uh, the question always comes to me. It's like, when did we start seeing different ethnos? When did we start seeing different cultures? When did we start seeing this? And we find it in the Bible. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. I'm kind of reading through this fast. It says, and the whole earth was with one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to. Let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into the heavens. And let us make us a name. Let us make us a name. Let us make 
us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. See, this is when you have one monolithic nature, one monolithic thing. Everybody's doing their own thing. They say, let us be great so that our name, we can make our name great. Here's what the Lord said. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one. And they have all one language and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand the speech. Oh, I didn't finish off of that. OK, so and then what ended up happening? He he then basically hits the tower and they disband and spread across the nations across the world and he changed their hue and he changed their tongue and that's how we see from the world from the from the bible how different ethnos come but we all started out as one and in the end guess what we're all going to be as one so why don't we come together and learn how to be as one because the power of this text is that they said when they are as one nothing is impossible to them because they're working together all right. Coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they were all in the place together in one place with one accord. And suddenly they came a, 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 a from heaven, a sound of like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house they were sitting in and divided tongues as a fire appeared upon them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at and at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each us, each of us in our own native language? When we get together and God breathes on it. He's saying this is the, the impact I will have upon you, that you will be able to affect everyone around you that don't even look like you. They don't even think like you. They don't even sound like you. But when you allow God to breathe on it, then the Holy Spirit will bring clarity. So the future of worship diversity most, must possess three distinct categories, three distinct things. If you're taking notes, here's where you want to start taking notes. All right. Here we go. It must be multi-ethnic. It must be multicultural. It must be multi-generational. Three different things, multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational. Say that with me. Multi-what? 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 Say that one more time. What? Multi? Multi-what? Multi-what? It has to possess these three things for it to truly be diverse. Let's talk about some of these things, okay? Number one, multi-ethnic. It means it has multiple ethnicities, multiple ethnos, multiple backgrounds represented in one place. Global in nature. Very hues and complex complexions. There are instances where this definition represents a person or 
a household alone. You can have a household and it has diverse ethnicities in one household. You can have one church and it has various different ethnicities in that church. This demographic here in Minnesota is, has a great, great, great variety of ethnos in this area. It ha, it, it's, it's, it's amazing because Minnesota, uh, the Twin Cities and Sacramento, where I came from, are two of the most diverse cities in the world. More cultures, more ethnos in together in one space. So to say that I just want to have a service that reflects like this, that doesn't look like this, is not community, it's not global, it's not really missional in nature. If you have a mission mindset, you want to reach the community, you want to reach the, the, those who are in your region, then you have to have something that appeals to them, that draws them in because they feel that they feel... Everyone needs to have a place to belong. And watch this. Here's one of the biggest things that I hear out there. Well, I don't know how to do that music really well. I don't know how to do this. Or well, I don't know how to. It doesn't matter if you do it well. It's just if you try. My dad used to say this. Nothing beats a failure but a try. He's telling me that since I was a kid. And I was like, I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense. That's old people's wisdom, right? But as I started getting older, right? As you can see, as I started getting older, I was like, I got it. Nothing, even if I'm not great at it, if I try, guess what? I'll try again. I'll try again. And come on, doc. You better help me. You better help me preach. Come on. Practice makes perfect. We got to make the, make the, op, op, the, 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 make the try. Okay. Number two, multicultural. This is different. A lot of times you hear multi-ethnic, multicultural uses the same ter term, but it's, it's a different term. Multicultural means many cultures within the same, there, there are many cultures within the same race. There's just because you are of a same ethnicity doesn't mean that your household has the same culture as another. Any married people in here? Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise my hand, raise my hand, raise my hand, okay? Formerly married, you know, widowed or all those kind of different things such as that, okay? All right, now, let me ask you this question. Here's how I'm going to prove this. I'm getting ready to prove this. How many married people have had the age-old debate, I'll say like that, about the toothpaste? <laughs> come on, let me see your hand. Come on, come on, come on. Some of y'all aren't being honest. All right. Some people squeeze from the bottom. Those are the same people of the world, all right? You squeeze from the Then there's some people that just squeeze from the top, in the middle, just, right? There's, there's some people that put the top back on, they clean it up, keep it nice and sturdy and clean. There's some people just leave it all over the place and it's just like, what is going on, right? Have, has anybody besides me and my wife had that debate, had that conversation? Downright had an argument about it. Okay, 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 okay. All right, maybe it's not that. Come on, I was, you, you, see, help me preach. Help me preach. Is it over or under? Like, come on. Over or under? It's like, no, you are not saved, sanctified, or filled with the Holy Ghost because you keep putting it under. Do you understand? Right, right. As we start getting more serious, let's talk about child rearing. 
I came up in a day where you, you got a whooping. You know, you got a whooping, you got punishment, you got grounded, you got all of the above. It wasn't an option. It wasn't multiple choice. It was all of the above. <laughs> right? But then there, there, but there are some people, oh, that's harsh. No, you can't whoop a kid. You got to, let's talk to them. Let's have a conversation. And what am I saying? Me and my wife, we, we both African-American, black. Right? <laughs> you can see that, right? I'm a, little more, I'm a little more dark chocolate. She's a little more caramel complexion. But when we got married, we realized, okay, just because we're both African-American doesn't mean we have the same culture. We think about things differently. Our upbringing is different. That's what shapes culture. And guess what? The t- signs of the times what we have that's happening. Do you realize that the culture today is different post-pandemic than it was pre-pandemic? So worship is different now than it was before. So we have to think about that in our area of multicultural. Okay, let's keep moving. I want to go over time. Multi-generational. This is the first time in history Statistics shows us that we ever have this many generations alive at once. Some of y'all don't even think about this. Number one, it's kind of veterans, GI generation. That's 1901 to 1926. Mature, silent generation of 27 to 45. The baby boomers generation, 46 to 64. Generation X, whoop, that's me. That's 1965 to 1980. Generation Y, millennials, boop, 1981 to 2000. Generation Z, that's 2001 to the present. And guess what? Generation Z is having kids. So we have six to seven generations showing up in our church services. We cannot sing the top 20 every Sunday and think that we're going to connect with the whole church. It's just not not possible. And for us to forsake Our senior saints is a travesty. Hear me. It's a travesty. They are the backbone of our faith. So we have to take time to reach to their generation. I remember uh, when I was still serving here, it was a Wednesday night. And we began to do, uh, they wanted just simple kind of piano worship. They didn't want a full band. They asked if I could do it. I said, okay, cool. So I did name that tune. I know that was funny, right? Just for, as worship? Yeah, I did name that tune. I said, we're going to play a game for worship today. I said, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to just do, do a collective, a, a, a song uh, that goes through the ages. And I'm going to go do different songs. And when you hear a song that ministers to you, um, um, this is piano work, I don't know. I said, if you do a song, hear a song that ministers to you, I want you to stand up if you, if you remember that song. And so I started what like uh, I started out with uh, um, how great is our God. And so a bunch of, you know, Gen Xers stood up. Oh, yeah, that's my song. I remember that from you can sing with me. How great. Some of the new modern church. OK, cool, cool. Then I went down and I pulled out this song and said, as the deer panted for the waters of oh, my soul. after so while we were singing that song, Todd, I'm singing it. And then I was getting ready to move to the next song. But I looked all the way in the back. It was a mother who came in on a walker that had to help her to her seat. 
and she sat in the back. But then when I started playing this song, she got up on her walker. She stood up and I looked and tears were coming down her eyes as she began to worship. And I just sang it again. You, oh Lord, are my strength, my shield. You, oh Lord, does my spirit yield. You, oh Lord, are my heart's desire and I long to after that service, she came up to me. She said, young man, I haven't, heard, I, I haven't heard that song in years. It took me back to when I went to a youth meeting. And I remember getting filled with the Holy Ghost. We can't forsake those moments. And I went and sang, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Right? And then somebody else was like, all right, I want to see. And all these guys started singing. And then man came up to me and said, man, I haven't heard that song. I was at youth camp and we was on fire. It was all my young guys. We used to come up to that altar and we would sing this song. Man, that was so good. I, it didn't take anything away from me to do my homework and to go down memory lane. I didn't do anything current. The most current thing that I did was uh, 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 how great is our God? That was the most current thing. And that's considered old now. Super old. Real, real old. Right? But I have to be able to reach every generation if we're going to be effective in our worship. As worship leaders, worship pastors, uh, those who harness and, and, and oversee the worship environment of our campuses, survey your audience. Survey your, your community because survey your congregation really is a community and make sure that you are giving. It doesn't have to be every week. It doesn't have to be a hymn every week, but make sure it can be just a chorus of a hymn. It can be a chorus of a hymn because guess what? That will touch and endear the hearts of the worshiper to you. And guess what? When you have their hearts, you have their ears. You have their influence and things become easier for you to begin. To, now you can introduce new music a little better because they like, oh, you did a hymn last week. What you got new this week? They're a little more open to receive. Does that make sense? So here's what I feel is coming in this new dispensation. I call it vintage worship. Now, I, I, t I, taught this, I taught this class at North Central when we did a leadership conference 2019. And, I, I, and when I did this, I, I said the, the next dispensation is vintage worship. Elevation hadn't come out with the hymns thing that they did. Um, everybody hadn't come out with all of their new versions of It Is Well Then. All of these things hadn't come out yet. But I said, this is what's on the scene. Here's what I see prophetically. Here's what I believe God is speaking. He's saying, take what is old and make it new again. Now, I just want to let you know, the babies don't bother me. I love when children are here because why? They're our next worship leaders. They're our next worship leaders. Okay. What was old is new again. I started teaching. I, 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 
I teach voice. That's my that's my discipline. I'm over all the voice. So I train all of the, the worship leaders and worship pastors, um, music pastors that are coming out, kind of sit over that area to make sure they sing healthy. And as Larry Bach used to say, be able to sing for the lifetime. Right. So I make sure they're doing things correctly. And so every what I started doing was I make them learn songs that they will come in with their songs, but then I'll give them their songs. So this this semester, all we did was hymns. Classic hymns. I will yield to the old rugged cross and exchange it one day for. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Right. We did, we did, that's what we did. And then one semester I did classic CCM. Come on and sing, baby. She's like, I like that. And I said, I, I signed somebody and they gave, shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Power and majesty. And everybody, now, if you, were, if you were to bring that up in your meeting, like, man, that song is old, it's foggy, but get, just start singing it. By the time you get to mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound. Oh, man. See, I can't even touch y'all off. Y'all getting ready to take, y'all about to do the key change. I sing, right? So next semester, I'm featuring classic black gospel. Where we're going to do some Andre Crouch. We're going to sing, sing some of that, uh, 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 the blood that Jesus shed for me. Some of y'all know this, some of y'all don't. Way back on Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. See, you need all of it. Yes. You said that. Come on, Ebla. <laughs> Come on. The blood still works. And there you go. It will never, never, never lose its power. Come on. There it is. Come on. Why am I saying all of it? You need all of it. It's not, it's not this or that. It's this and that. So here is the prescription, and I'm going to take some questions. Here's the prescription. I should have made this a little bigger, but I'm sorry. Number one, keep executing, executing current worship with excellence, yet with creativity and originality. If someone said, well, Pastor, this is great information, but what should I do now? We got all of these different things. I don't have the skill set. I don't have all the... Keep doing what you're doing, but do it with excellence. Bible said that David had skilled hands and a pure heart. His heart was after God. And we know David was not pure. He had some issues. But he still is named as the man after God's own heart. And he's considered the father of worship. Right? So keep executing with the, what, what you're doing, current worship. If you're doing stuff that's top 20s, great. 
Keep it on the top 20s. But then start adding a little bit pepper. Pepper in a hymn. Pepper in a chorus. A refrain. Right? Pepper in just some things that, pepper in something that's, oh, it, go take a survey and say, what, is one, what are some of your favorite songs from the 80s to the 90s? Go back, do your homework. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some work. But Pastor, I'm a volunteer. But it's, it's not if you're paid or not, it's what you're called to. You started, you started dropping, you said, I've been doing this for 40 years, and I started counting. And I came around to about 38, so I'm just right behind you. Since I was 12 years old in a church in St. Paul, Minnesota, my dad used to pastor here, I had to figure out how to play the piano, teach a choir, figure out gospel songs, all these different things, and I've been doing it ever since. While I pastored, we toured the nation literally singing gospel music. We sing, then I would go and we would go and sing in school and we would get up there and I was Figaro, 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 no more, no more. I had to do all of that. And then I would go to school to, to when I went to Bible college, I had to learn how all of the, the, the classic CCM stuff. I had to figure out how to learn all of this. I had to do work. When I came here, I had to learn all of the Bethel and elevation. Well, it wasn't elevation quite then yet. Bethel and, and Jesus culture and, 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 and Hillsong, Hillsong Young and Free. And I just immersed myself in it. Okay, you have to do it. Second thing, embrace the worship classics of yesteryear and bring freshness to them. How many people have seen uh, uh, um, um, some of the some of the some of the new re, uh, reinvented older worship songs that are coming back? They're coming back. They're they're announcing it. They're bringing them back with freshness. Especially if you're a writing environment or an environment that has musicians that can train and that can come up with new songs. Bring some of these classics and say, okay, I want to do this song. How can we flip it? How can we change it? How can we musically make this pop? Okay, how can we do that? Take the time to be creative in your spaces. We push our bands at, at worship, uh, at worship live bands at North Central, and we tell them, "Hey, that sounds good. You sound just like the record. But if I want to hear the record, I play the record. Put a twist on it. Add something to it." Skyler was in, she was she was in worship live, and I would get in there and I say, "Okay, we got to get these harmonies right. Let's let's go work on these harmonies." And I start pushing them. Said, okay, let's do this. And I, I, I was like, come on. And I'd be like, nope, let's go here. No, let's go here. All right, let's do this. All right, band, do this. Let's come on. We have to be creative. It starts somewhere, right? New arrangements of old versions performed with great excellence, too. People want to remember the songs that brought them into salvation. They want to remember, man. I love one of the songs that we used to sing here. When, and this is like five or six years ago. Uh, I was just singing it the other day. Oh, man, I cannot remember. I just draw the blank. It's, uh, I'll think of it before we get to the end. But when, every time I hear the song, I think about the first times I came to, to uh, Cedar Valley and the worship experiences. And, I would, and it gives me chills because I cherish those moments. You got you to gotta have songs that connect people back to where they came from. All right. Millennials want to be reminded of songs of their childhood in church as well. 
I talk to people all the time, hip hoppers, um, people out there, and, and they say, yeah, I don't want to go to church. They got all these, some, this is some of them, this is some of them. They got all these lights and fogs and all this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I can do that in club. I want, I want to go, I want to hear grandma's, you know, that, I think the church is grandmama church. Okay, now I'm going to talk about somebody who's very controversial. He can't, I said this when I taught, taught in 2019. Some people love him, some people don't. Kanye West. All right. Kanye West put out a couple of gospel albums, put, put a couple of songs, and it was, it cleared all of the Christian charts and gospel charts, one through 20, all for weeks. And every one of the songs were songs that I learned when I was like 12. Maverick started, okay, have you heard, anybody listen to Maverick? Okay. This song goes, hallelujah, salvation and glory. Boom. Honor and power unto the Lord our God. So y'all know that song. That song's like 40 years old. That's, I learned that song before I was even playing. I was in the kids' choir singing, hallelujah, 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 But this generation never heard that song before. The millennials and, 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 and the uh, Gen Z's, they had never heard that before. So when they could, it was like, uh, I was singing in chapel and they were like, oh my God, he's singing Kanye, oh my God. Oh my God, he's singing the new Maverick, oh my God. And I'm saying, call it whatever you want. It's, it's old becoming new again. Sometimes we, we beat ourselves over the head trying to say, what's the new thing? What's the new thing? Go pull something out. It's like, it's, it's like how you have vintage clothes, right? You go and, ladies, I know some of y'all, you got clothes that you had back in the day, and you pull it out, you put that dress on, and be like, wow. First off, you be like, I can still fit this. <laughs> right? I can still fit this. Then the next thing you say is, wow, I, it still looks good. This is coming back to style again. Same thing with our worship, all right? Next thing, choirs are making a comeback. Uh, We're having one tonight. It's not too late to join us. We're having a choir tonight. Yeah. Okay, now, and choirs are making a comeback in a different way. They're not just window dressing. That's how choirs kind of faded out. They were window dressed. We just throw them up there and just say, just look good. Didn't even put no bikes on them and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if we put bikes on them tonight. I hope so. Just sway. Just look like you're doing something, right? No, choirs are making a comeback. Yeah. I literally, I'm leaving, uh, when I leave? Tuesday. I'm going, I'm going to London Tuesday. We're doing a conference. That, if you ever heard of uh, Edwin Hawkins, his song, uh, you might know the song. Oh, happy day. Right, okay. It's super gospel. That's gospel all around the world. The man who created that song, who, who rewrote that song, he passed away, but we're continuing his conference. And we're relaunching it in London, England. And we have over three, or three to four hundred people from, from Europe, singers from Europe, who are coming to learn gospel from Americans who do gospel music. And they said, we want to learn it with excellence. We want to learn it as the art form. And now you know, if I could teach you the art, I can connect you to God. So I'm excited to get over there. And guess what? We're teaching them old songs. If you want to buy a ticket, doc, you can come on, you know. 
What am I saying? Choirs are making a major comeback. Think about that. We, one thing that we took away, that has been taken away in the church, is the opportunity for, for creatives to volunteer in a great way. It's hard for creatives to volunteer in a great way because the, unless they, you know, unless they relearn how to do lights, camera, sound, all those kind of different things, they have to. They, you can only put a certain amount of people up there on the praise team, right? You can't have a thousand praise team singers with microphones. It's, this is what this is a quiet room, man. I'm, I know they got amazing rehearsals in here, and this is this is this is what this is for. It doesn't have to be every week, but it'd be great to have it once a month. Yeah. I started at a church every, I think, three times a month, two, two to three times a month is a choir. They, we, and, we, and we rehearse them, we sing them. When I go home, we'll go back to California, we do a choir. We do a choir every year in January for Martin Luther King, and it has a, 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 a conglomerate of 40 different churches from across our region that come together and we have upwards of 150 to 200 people. Sometimes it's 60 in ranges, but around about an average of 100. And we come together. It's like a family reunion. We've been doing it for almost 13, 14 years now. And every time we come back, every January, we just lift up praises to God. And it's amazing. It's to the point where people call and say, can we get that MLK choir to come? We opened up for the, for, we did the halftime show for the Kings game. We were like, come on. And we were singing gospel music, singing about the word of God. And people were coming up, man, I, I haven't heard songs like that since I was a kid. Oh, man, this is, I'm going to church Sunday. All the, and people with beers in their hand, I'm going to church Sunday. And I'm like, you better do it. Why? The Bible says, go ye therefore. Bring the gospel to them. Not fully the way of old, but in a new way that is more than window dressing. A combo of gospel, choral, liturgical, and worship. Here's the last point. Creativity is the key. For people who, who want to argue about creativity and say, well, you know, if you're creative, that's not real worship. That's not the heart of worship. Think about how God created the, created the beginning of time. He said, let there be light. Let there be a, a firmament that separated the firmament. So he separated the waters that were under the firmament from the waters that were above the firmament. He said, and it's good. Then he said, let there be stars in the sky. He spoke everything into the, because he was creative. But on the sixth day, he, he said, man, this is great, but I don't have anything that I could talk to. I have nothing that is going to be creative with me. I need somebody to, that will meet with me every day. He said, ah, let us make man. Everything else he spoke. But on the sixth day, he said, let us make, I, I like to paint it like this. He said, he said, I don't know what I look like. He said, stars, strike a pose. Oh, that's why. So he's a, he, he, he made man in his image. In his image, he made them so because women was already inside man. And then he said, all right, it's time for me to speak into this thing that I've created. And he blew the breath of life. Creativity is always from God. Never allow yourself to think that creativity is of the enemy. No, the enemy tries to steal it and take credit for it. God is creativity. 
And that's where I'm going to end off there. All right. Great. Do we have time for questions and answers? Because I know I talked a whole long time. Um, one question. One question. <laughs> it's about to be a good question. All right. If you have a question, though, no, for real. I hope. Have this helped anybody? Has yeah. this helped? Okay. Good. 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 All right. Any question? Okay, Annie, I'm going to have her because you, I can talk to you. Yes, ma'am. Um, so uh, my husband and I just started pastoring a very small church. Yes. Uh, a lot of the older generation, and yep. so we're kind of talking the opposite. Okay. Like, if you don't do a hymn on Sunday, yep. I would say probably the, the newest song that we have done is maybe 10,000 Reasons. Oh, gotcha. Wow. So we're very vintage. Like, yep. all of it is old. Yep. Um, do you have any suggestions for introducing the new in a way yeah. that will offend? No. Yes. Bite size. Introduce a chorus. Something that's singable. Marry it to a vintage song. Okay? So take it and go into a chorus of something that's newer. And they're like, oh man, I love that chorus. I love that chorus. Do bless the Lord, oh my soul, and then bring it to something else that's a little newer, right? Uh, uh, I, I love coupling like the song Firm Foundation. Uh, um, uh, Christ is a firm foundation, a rock on which I stand. Pair that with, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground. Don't do the verses. Don't do anything else. Just teach, Christ is a firm foundation. We're going to teach you the song and sing it again. And sing it. Here's the problem. We want to sing one song and then be done with it until next month. Sing it again. The average churchgoer comes, goes to church twice a month. So if I sing it on first Sunday and then I don't do it again till next first Sunday, it, 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 we've, we've got a whole bunch of people that didn't get the song. So sing it, sing it for a whole month. Christ is a firm foundation. And teach it like that. A rock on which I stand. Everything's round he's shaken. I've never been more glad. I put my faith in Jesus. It feels like a hymn then. And then they're saying, and then you go, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Christ is a firm foundation. You see what I'm saying? Now you marry those. And, but you ha it takes deliberate thought to figure out what works together. And then by the time you get done, you're like, wow, that went pretty good. Then you say, let's now just do the song and say, we're going to sing this song. We're going to keep singing this chorus. Now we're going to we're going to add some verses to it. And then we'll, you guys come in on the chorus. You see what I'm saying? Worship leading is worship teaching training. Never lead when I follow people, when I drive somewhere, if we're in caravanning, I hate when I'm following somebody that leaves me. I love the people that when they see I get stood at a stop at a light, they pull over, they wait, they put their flashes on. And then when I catch up, they say, all right, let's go. It, look, it may take us a little longer to get there, but we're going to get there together. Make sense? Okay. 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 Thank you so very much.